President Miner, the recording is now on. It is 2 o'clock p.m. Great. Thank you, Elizabeth. Good afternoon. I'm using my gavel to call to order this meeting of the San Francisco Civil Service Commission on Monday, July 17, 2023 at 2 p.m. Our commission staff will read a statement uh, with more information about our meeting today. Thereafter, staff will tell us how we're handling public comment. Good afternoon and welcome to the Civil Service Commission meeting this Monday, July 17, 2023. This meeting is being held in hybrid format with the meeting occurring in person in City Hall, room 400 and available to view on WebEx if you have an item scheduled on the agenda. The public may listen to the meeting by calling 415-655-0001 and entering access code 2661-849-7476. We welcome the public's participation during public comment periods. There will be an opportunity for general public comment on items not on the agenda at the beginning of the meeting, and there will be an opportunity to comment on each discussion or action item on the agenda. Each comment is limited to three minutes. Public comment will be taken both in person and remotely by video or in or call in. For each item, the commission will take public comment first from people attending the meeting in person and then from people attending the meeting remotely. Commission staff will provide further instructions on how to provide public comment via phone or video. If you need assistance accessing the meeting virtually or by phone, please call 628 652-1100. Please note that city policies along with federal, state, and local law prohibit discriminatory or harassing conduct against city employees and others during public meetings and will not be tolerated. Moreover, public comment is permitted only on matters within the jurisdiction of this meeting body. Commission staff will now provide further instructions on making public comment remotely. As stated on our agenda and our website, this meeting is being held in hybrid mode. For members who wish to listen and or to make public comment, the phone number is 415-655-0001. The meeting ID code is 2661-849-7476. Please make sure that you're in a quiet location and that you turn off any television or radio to reduce reverberation so the commission can hear you. At the appropriate time, the president will ask you for the phone lines to be open. If you wish to comment on the particular item, you will be prompted to press star three. This will add you to the speaker line. The auto prompt will say that callers are entering question and answer time, but this is the public comment period. You will be queued up in the order in which you press star three. There will be an automated voice that will tell you when it, it is your turn to speak. When your microphone has been unmuted, you will hear us ask you to state your name and to make your comments. When your time is up, I will say thank you. Next caller, please. At this point, the moderator will put you back on mute. Thank you. Executive officer, we're ready for the first agenda item. Item number one, call to order and roll call. President Minor Here. Vice President Favetti is excused. Commissioner Crowley? Present. Commissioner Salveson, and we have a quorum. Thank you. We're ready for the next agenda item. Item two, request to speak on any matter within the jurisdiction of the Civil Service Commission, but not appearing on today's agenda. 
Uh, members of the public, this is your opportunity to address the commission on any matter within the jurisdiction of the Civil Service Commission. If you are in the room and have public comment, you may come to the podium now. If you're on the telephone, please press star three. President Minor, no public comment at this time. Thank you. Executive officer, we're ready for the next agenda item. Item three, approval of minutes, regular meeting of July 3rd, 2023. Recommendation, adopt the minutes. Commissioners, are there any comments or edits to the minutes of our meeting of July 3, 2023? If not, we'll take a motion to approve. Second. We have a motion and a second to approve the minutes of our meeting of July 3, 2023. If there are any public comments, if you're in the room, please come to the podium. If you're on the telephone, you may press star three now. President Minor, no public comment at this time. We'll move to the roll call vote to approve the minutes of our meeting of July 3, 2023. Commissioner Crawley? Aye. Commissioner Salveson? Aye. And I vote aye. We have approved our minutes of the meeting of July 3, 2023. Executive officer, we're ready for the next agenda. Item four, announcements, announcement of changes to the agenda. Item number nine, the appellant has requested postponement. Appeal by Velma Gay of the Human Resources Director's determination that investigative findings did not establish appellant's complaint of harassment and discrimination. The postponement request is to a future meeting expected in October. There are no other announcements. Thank you. We're ready for the next agenda item. Item 5, Human Resources Director's Report. Good afternoon. Uh President Minor, members of the commission, uh, Kate Howard, uh, deputy director for the Department of Human Resources. I do have a brief report for you today. Uh, I would like to thank Employment Services Director Anna Biaspis and the assistant directors Dave Johnson and Sean Sherburn, as well as the hiring modernization team for their uh, the input to this report that I'll be giving you today. Uh, briefly, um, as Carol and I have done over the last months. I want to update you on the exempt to permanent E2P program. As of last Friday, 462 permanent appointments have been made from the 151 E2P eligible lists. And there are an additional 69 active referrals in progress. Uh, with the um, permanent appointments that have already been made, the referrals in progress, as well as uh, 56 other permanent appointments that have been made through the regular CBT or PBT processes, we expect to see uh, 587 transitions from category 18 into permanent status. I'm very pleased with that, uh, that progress. Second, I'd like to update you on the uh, administrative analyst uh, online on-demand continuous class-based testing program. This is our 1820 and 1822 uh, work that we're doing right now. Uh, so I, I updated the commission at the last meeting and this is just a brief update um, from there. We've completed the, let's see, 
For the 1820 junior administrative analyst, there are 12 departments that are participating in the post-referral selection process. And we've scheduled 136 applicants for interview, which are ongoing. The candidates who perform uh, the best during that interview process will be referred to departments for final consideration. And we will be conducting surveys to both hiring managers and final candidates during the week of the 24th of July to inquire about their top preferences. Regarding the 1822 administrative analyst um, recruitment, the initial referral of 667 candidates was issued on July 10th for 50 citywide vacancies. We're currently screening those candidates and expect that to be complete by the end of this week with interviews scheduled in the uh, subsequent weeks. So we expect for, through this process to uh, within the next, uh, let's say month, uh, complete 60 hires. We're also, as you know, um, progressing with the HR analyst series and the online on demand and continuous testing program. We're completing the pass point analysis on the um, scores for our 1241 exam. We had 892 test takers of that exam and expect to post our eligible list by the end of the week. For the 1244 journey level HR analyst, We've received 359 applicants and 201 of those have been scheduled for the test. The remainder were rejected due to not meeting minimum qualifications. Uh, two more brief updates. One, to clarify some remarks I made last time and two, to follow up on some questions related to the dispatcher, uh, the 911 dispatcher questions that were raised. Um, at your last meeting, I mentioned that we'll be working with the police department um, to conduct a class-based exam for the community police services aid. Um, we will be conducting this uh, current recruitment as a discrete class-based test, um, which will rely on the previously approved rule of five certification. There were some questions about whether it had already transitioned to CCT, continuous class-based test and rule of the list. That's a conversation we'll be having with labor over the coming months. But this uh, initial recruitment is to ensure that the department has an active list when the current one is exhausted. Mm -hmm. um, the exam for this police service aid will be online and we expect that it will open in August. Finally, um, at the last commission meeting, um, commissioners requested a report from DHR about the vacancy rate in class 8238, which is the 911 dispatcher class. I believe DEM is also being asked to produce a staff report and provide a further update to the commission. So my report will be brief. Um, the department is continuing to recruit for the dispatcher 8238. The applicant candidate um, pool continues to be strong. Uh, the last three recruitments that they conducted had 428, 714, and 744 candidates who were uh, who applied. Um, and the academies are um, between 10 and 15 trainees in each academy. The challenge that um, the department continues to face is that the 
Attrition rate out of the academies is quite high. It is typically approximately 50% of the people who enter a 911 academy uh, do not complete the academy uh, or the on the job training, which uh, also takes up to a year. Uh, the department continues to be proactive in trying to address the academy attrition rate, as well as being very proactive in their recruitment efforts, including developing an online video that um, applicants can view so they better understand the full scope of duties that a 911 dispatcher is responsible for. Um, that concludes my report. Uh, Deputy Howard, thank you so much for your report. Uh, commissioners, any questions for Deputy Director Howard? Commissioner Crawley. Uh, thank you, Madam Chair. Uh, through the chair, Madam President. Kate, what's the outside hiring with the 60 hires currently in the 8238 category for 911 dispatchers? When do you think a full complement of people will be hired in a sense of how long will it take these folks in the, in the pipeline to get hired? Beginning and end. You said 50% are, are not being able to get through the classes or washing out of the classes or. Uh, I don't have, I don't have that information for you today. Um, I can, uh, we can follow up with DEM. The class take the, the academy is seven weeks. It, it takes one year for um, a trainee to be fully trained on both um, uh, both sides of the 911 response. Um, so it is, a, it is a quite extensive training program for an individual to be um, capable of both um, doing dispatch as well as uh, answering the phones. Thank you, no further questions. Thank you, Kate, for that okay. update. Thank Through you, Commissioner Crawley. Commissioner Salveson. On that same topic, um, how many um, how many uh, eighty two thirty eight positions are there at that are available, um, and of those, how many are vacant now? I believe I do have that information, but it's going to take me one moment. So, um, currently, uh, the department has um, 189 positions in their, um, in the annual salary ordinance, which is the total number of positions that's authorized. As you know, the, um, the budget um, may not allow them to completely fill all of those positions. The department's staffing goal is to have 160 to 165 fully trained 911 dispatchers. Um, they have 130 to date. And they have a class that is, uh, it looks like they have another two, acad two academies that will begin to further reduce that those vacancy rates uh, some dispatchers coming uh, online in October and then another group in January. Okay, thank you. And um, just to clarify, am I correct in understanding that the 50% attrition rate is the rate of the sort of washout 
for the first year, which includes the on the job training, or is it just out of the seven week academy? I believe it's the full, the academy plus the on the job training, but I can confirm that with. I am seeing confirmation from my colleagues that that, that I believe that we're correct. So, yes, it's over that full period. Thank you. Uh, any additional questions for. Deputy Howard. Madam chair, just uh, a follow up. Mr. McCarlin, yes. Um, thank you, Kate. Just it, it's 10 to 15 per class. And how many? I'm sorry, I, I didn't record it appropriately because my. My paper reads like squiggly water, but anyway, how many in the class and how many classes do you have currently? 10 to 15 per class. Is that what you said? That's right. Um, so, my notes say that the classes. The next 3 academies have a target of. 10, 15, and 15 in each academy, respectively. All right, no further questions. Thank you, okay. uh, Kate, and back to you, Chair. Thank you. Okay, uh, thank you, Commissioner Crowley. Uh, Commissioner, is there any additional questions? Okay, um, Director Howard, we will uh, take public comment. There's lots of good information in your report. If you have any public comment on the report you've just heard from DHR, you may come to the podium now. If you're on the telephone, you may press star three. President Minor, no public comment at this time. Uh, thank you. Uh, we are ready for the next agenda item. Item 6, executive officers report, uh, processing and scheduling of appeals before the civil service commission. This has been postponed to the meeting of August 7, 2023. Okay, we are ready for the next agenda item. We are now on the ratification agenda. All matters on the ratification agenda are considered by the Civil Service Commission to be non-contested and will be acted upon by a single vote of the commission. There will be no separate discussion on these items unless a request is made, in which event the matter shall be removed from the ratification agenda and considered as a separate item. Item 7, review of requests for approval of proposed personal services contracts and the recommendation. Adopt the report, approve the request for proposed personal services contracts, notify the Office of the Controller and the Office of Contract Administration. Okay. Uh, thank you, Executive Officer. Uh, commissioners, uh, please indicate if there are any items that you'd like to have pulled from the ratification uh, agenda. Commissioner Crawley. I have none, Madam Chair. Okay. Commissioner Salveson. I have one, which is, um, for the airport, 46785-1617. Just that one. Okay. Uh, we are ready for a motion and second to approve the ratification agenda. 
I move approval of the ratification agenda with the exception of the item that has been pulled 46785-1617. Second. We have a motion and a second to approve the ratification agenda uh, absent or minus the one pull, one pulled airport 46785. If you have any public comment on the motion pending before the commission, if you're in the room, come to the podium. If you're on the telephone, press star three now. President Minor, no public comment at this time. Okay, thank you. Uh, commissioners, the vote on the pending motion. Commissioner Crawley? Aye. Commissioner Salveson? Aye. And I vote. Commissioner Minor, I apologize if I may interrupt. Yes. I believe there may be one department who wishes to sever uh, a PSC, um, but I don't see the department raising up their hand. So if I apologize for interrupting, but uh, Bree, are you able to make an announcement? Did you still need to sever the PSC? Um, good morning, commissioners, or good afternoon, rather. My name is Bree Mahorder. I'm CFO of the MTA. Um, I think that's. Uh, I do not know if I need to sever it or not. I would look to you for administrative direction on that. Uh, on that request, if the commissioners are open to passing the item with the changes to the scope that we reached with the acceptance of the union, then I think it does not need to be severed. But if the commissioners need to uh, you know, make particular comment, then perhaps it would need to be severed. Um, okay. Um, MTA, thank you for being here. Are there any changes to the scope uh, since the posting of the agenda? And we received and reviewed your memo dated July 11. Are there any changes to the scope uh, since that memo was prepared? No, that, that is now the accurate and most up-to-date scope. Okay. Um, it wasn't pulled by one of the commissioners and uh, local 21 did not uh, indicate any objection. So I think um, we are approving it as a part of the ratification agenda. Commissioners, any further comment or questions? Commissioner Minor, if I can just get clarified, uh, clarification, I just want this for the record. And uh, with MTA, I understand um, when we last spoke that what was submitted to the Department of Human Resources for posting of seven days and what was also submitted originally to the Civil Service Commission, are you stating that there are no changes on that personal service contract that has already been publicly posted? I just I'm need sorry, Director, was that question addressed to me or was that addressed to the commissioner? To you. Oh, okay. I just want to get so confirmation. The, yeah, the most accurate scope is the scope um, attached to the memo submitted, as the commissioner mentioned, on the 11th. So, if it is attached to the memo, commissioners, the reason why we bring this to your attention is because uh, both DHR, the PSC coordinator, and I have reviewed this, and because what was originally submitted uh, to the union 
and to the Civil Service Commission initially has changed because of that memo. And what has happened in the past is that if something from the personal service contract has changed in order for the department to be able to go back to make the amendments according to the memo that was sent to the commissioner specifically, they would actually need some sort of conditional approval from the commission so they're allowed to go back into the PSC database to make the changes. Okay, I, I think I'm confused. Uh, what changes have been made? Uh, if I, commissioners, if I may, um, the changes are very, um, I think when we met with the union and discussed, we realized that perhaps the word choices made in the scope were um, not truly reflective of the intent of the scope. So, for example, the world, the word zero based budget has been replaced with the word realignment. So, to reflect that we don't intend to require um, that we don't intend to do analysis on every element of the budget to justify the expenditure, but rather to ensure that the expenditure in the budget is uh, correctly aligned to the correct division and the correct um, facility within a division in the case of transit. We've also added language that stipulates that all of the work performed by the consultant would be done under the direction of the of SFMTA staff, which the union felt needed to be clearly articulated within the scope. Okay, were those the only two changes? Yes. Okay. Uh, Commissioner Crawley has a question. Uh, through the chair, noticing what our director brought to our attention, uh, I think it would be advisable to state the uh, PFC number. I, I think I've noted it here for the record, so we're all talking clearly on the same subject matter. For the record. Uh, very good, uh, Commissioner Crawley. Thank you for that clarification. Uh, the PSC that we are discussing with MTA is 41495-2223. Correct. Sandra, is that correct? That's correct. All right. Okay. Thank you. And to, to SFMTA, are, uh, are we correct on that clarification yes. and modification? Yes. Thank you. Thank no you. further questions, I'm sure. Okay. Thank you, Commissioner Crawley. Uh, our city attorney has a comment. Um, per the commission's general rules, I think it would be advisable to go ahead and pull this additional contract from the ratification agenda and proceed on the ratification agenda before further individual um, discussion of this contract. Okay. Um, So let's, um, uh, per the advice we're we're giving, uh, we will uh, kind of restate the motion. So it's a motion to approve the ratification agenda minus two pulled contracts. Madam the Chair, may I withdraw yes. my prior motion and amend it to okay. state that uh, it's a motion that. to approve the um, ratification agenda with the Two pulled contracts 41495 22 23 MTA and the airport um, 
contract, which is 46785-1617. Great. Thank you, Commissioner Salveson. And that's been moved and seconded, Madam Chair. And uh, Commissioner Crawley has seconded. Okay. Um, so at this point, we are, uh, let, I think I'll do a round of public comment again on the approving the ratification agenda minus the two pulled contracts. If you have any public comment on the on the ratification agenda minus the two pulled contracts, if you're in the room, come to the podium now. If you're on the telephone, press star three. President Minor, no public comment at this time. Okay, uh, commissioners, the roll call vote on approving the ratification agenda minus the two pulled contracts. Commissioner Crawley. Aye. Commissioner Salveson. Aye. And I vote aye. We have approved the ratification agenda. Uh, and now we will uh, complete our discussion of the first pulled contract, which is 41 not. 41495-2223. Okay. So I, I, I think that there is better clarity now about um, the modifications that have been made to the scope that is in, that is before the commission. Uh, any additional clarifications or comments? Um, I'm just wondering if, if we could have it restated uh, by the uh, MTA representative at this at this point in our discussion. Okay. Did you? Sure, would question? you like? Would Would you like me to just re-summarize the changes that were made to the scope? Yes, yes please. Yes. Mm -hmm. Okay. So the changes to the scope were um, that the union asked that we more clearly articulate clearly articulate that the work would be performed under the direction of MTA staff um, and they also asked that we replace the word zero base with the word realignment oh excuse me there was one more minor change which was um, that when we used the word, uh, we we had the term cate uh, categorization of expenditure type, and they requested that the language read categorization of expenditure type to actuals. So I would move um, approval of this PSC subject to uh, the correction of the the um, PSC document. To reflect these changes that um, the MTA representative has described. Okay. Second. So we have a motion and a second to approve PSC 41495, um, subject to the modifications that have been described uh, and recorded by MTA. If you have any public comment on the motion, you may come to the podium now. If you're on the telephone, you may press star three now. President Minor, no public comment at this time. Okay, thank you. The roll call vote on the pending motion 
to approve 41495, subject to the three changes that have been outlined. Commissioner Crowley? Aye. Commissioner Savison? Aye. And I vote aye. We have approved 41495-2223. MTA, thank you for being here and answering our questions. The next pulled contract was 46785 uh, Airport. Who is with us from the airport? Good afternoon, President Minor and Commissioners. Cynthia Vakian, Director of Contracts at the airport, and I have Enrique Guadiamos to help answer any questions that you may have. Thank you. Uh, Commissioner Savison. Thank you very much. I just have some uh, questions. Um, I noticed that this modification uh, is requesting to extend the duration from December 31, 2026 to December 31, 2031. And currently, you already have approvals uh, by virtue of the second modification through December 31, 2026. So I'm kind of curious as to why we're doing the extension now. <laughs> So what we're planning to do is we're going out with a new RFP to select a, the passenger processing support firm, and that will be for a five-year term. So we're extending the time to cover the new contract that we hope, hope to enter into. And so the duration that we, we thought we had the appropriate duration and we don't now. And so that's why we're extending for time. There's also two other contracts that are under this um, PSC that we will be moving forward with um, in a year or so. And so we're trying to um, just capture all of it under this one approval. Okay, and my other question is this originally when the PSC was first came before us, mm -hmm. it was for the uh, replacement of the existing common use self service passenger processing system and then related maintenance and support. I'm wondering, have we now completed uh, the replacement of that system and we're just dealing with support and maintenance now, or are we still working on replacement? So I, I will start with the first part of it and then Enrique, please come in and, and answer. Um, yes, we have implemented the new system at the airport. Um, we are, this is a very complex system for common use at the airport. And so we have implemented the system. We now, what I mentioned a few minutes ago, is just the support and maintenance piece for the system, but we also are planning additional enhancements to the system that we um, implemented already. So that's what this PSC is for. And if more Enrique can help you with further details regarding any enhancements, further enhancements we're planning to do at the airport. Okay, I'd be interested in that. Okay. Yeah, good afternoon, uh, President Minor and Commissioners. My name is Enrique Guadiamos. Uh, I manage the terminal systems, which includes the passenger processing systems. New technology coming up into the system will be items like the self backdrop that allows customers and passengers to, when they're checking in after receiving their bag tag, to they themselves being able to process the bag, put it on the bag belt, and the systems will take it away. 
uh, and the messaging will be sent back to the airlines confirming and tracking the location of their bags. So that type of um, new technology that comes up um, will be included into this PSC. Okay, is there any other enhancements that are planned during this period? Um, Enrique, you could touch upon the information display that's also related to this is also something that's coming. Now, some of the scope is not fully vetted out. That's why we aren't moving forward with it right yet. But maybe if you could talk about enhancements regarding the information displays. Yeah, so we will have uh, information displays. There are uh, probably interactive. Uh, with passengers so the passengers can uh, easily um, uh, have a personalized uh, gate location. Uh, so um, something related to perhaps scanning their boarding pass and be able to determine where, what path to take to their gate. But that's still, as Cynthia is saying, still uh, up, um, um, part of the process for evaluating and whether the technology exists or if it's currently uh, utilized at other airports. So it's under evaluation. Okay. So, uh, so you're saying that there still are some um, pieces of this project that are not merely supported maintenance, but they are correct. these enhancements, correct? Correct. 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 Yeah. Okay. So I would just comment that at the point where, you know, you finish your enhancements, I think we just need a new PSC to handle support and maintenance. Okay. So, but um, thank you for answering all my questions. I appreciate that. And I would uh, move to approve this PSC. Second. Uh, airport, thank you. We have a motion and a second to approve PSC 46785. If you have any public comment, if you're in the room, come to the podium now. If you're on the telephone, you may press star three now. President Minor, no public comment at this time. Thank you. Commissioners, the roll call vote to approve the pending PSC. Commissioner Crawley? Aye. Commissioner Salveson? Aye. And I vote aye. We have approved PSC. 46785. Again, airport, thank you and thank you for answering our questions. Thank you so much. Bye. Executive officer, we're ready for the next agenda item. We are now on the regular agenda. Item 8, appeal by Craig Banks of Human Resources Directors finding of untimely allegations of harassment, administratively closed one allegation of retaliation and insufficient evidence to substantiate three allegations of retaliation. Recommendation of the Department of Human Resources, adopt the report, uphold the decision of the Human Resources Director, and deny the appeal by Craig Banks. Uh, is Appellant Banks with us? The appellant may be contacting us by phone because I believe uh, commission staff was trying to work with him in connecting. President Minor, he is on the phone. Um, I'm going to unmute him now. He has his hand raised, um, so he is present. Okay, thank you. Appellant Craig Banks, can you hear us? Yes, I can. Good okay. afternoon. 
Good afternoon. Uh, good afternoon, Appellate Banks. Um, so uh, you're on the telephone, so you cannot see us. Is that correct? That's what happened. Unfortunately, I, I couldn't sign in. Okay. All right. Well, thank you for being present. Uh, the procedure that we will follow is we will hear from uh, EEO uh, and the representatives are in the hearing room with us. And then we will give you an opportunity to uh, react to any statements that they make and present uh, the remaining issues that you would like the commission to hear. And then there will be questions from the commissioners uh, for you. And then uh, at the conclusion of the questions, we will have a, a motion and make a decision. So we will start with uh, the um, with EEO and then turn to you. And um, we will let you know when we're ready to hear from you. Okay, Appellant Banks? That sounds good. Thank you, Commissioner. Okay, thank you. Okay, we're ready. Good afternoon, Commissioners. My name is Jennifer Burke, and I'm an EEO Programs Manager with the Department of Human Resources. Appellant Craig Banks worked for the city with the San Francisco Public Utilities Commission. Appellant's last job title and location was a 7372 stationary engineer at the Oceanside Treatment Plant. On July 1st, 2022, Appellant retired from city service. On December 19, 2013, appellant reported to PUC that he wished to file an EEO complaint. On March 26, 2014, appellant submitted a written complaint to the PUC alleging allegations of harassment due to race and retaliation allegations for reporting an unsafe vehicle and for complaining about racial harassment. In April 2014, the PUC began investigating appellant's harassment allegations that met EEO jurisdictional requirements for timeliness and appellant's retaliation allegations that were due to his protected activities under EEO jurisdiction. On April 19, 2018, the PUC forwarded the investigative report to DHR EEO for review. In late 2018, DHR EEO conducted additional investigation regarding appellant's complaint. And on August 21st, 2020, the then Human Resources Director informed Appellant that Appellant's untimely allegations and retaliation allegation not based on a protected activity were administratively closed, found that some of Appellant's timely harassment allegations were substantiated and did not substantiate Appellant's retaliation allegations. In September 2020, the PUC took appropriate action with management at PUC's Oceanside Treatment Plant based on the results of this investigation. On September 27, 2020, appellant appealed the then Human Resources Director's determination. DHR EEO reviewed appellant's information and concluded that the analysis of two of the harassment allegations were inaccurately determined in relation to DHR EEO's analytical standards. On June 8, 2022, the Human Resources Director informed Appellant that based on a secondary review of the investigative findings, Appellant's harassment allegations against a respondent were substantiated. On October 29, 2022, Appellant again appealed the Human, Rector's, Human Resources Director's revised determination. The question on appeal is whether the Human Resources Director appropriately administratively closed Appellant's untimely harassment and non-EEO retaliation allegations 
and appropriately determined appellant's retaliation allegations were not substantiated. For the reasons I will explain, the answer to that question is yes. Appellant made three harassment allegations that occurred approximately eight months to seven years prior to appellant's December 2013 complaint. These allegations did not meet EEO jurisdiction to warrant further investigation because they were untimely under the city's 180-day statute of limitations and were properly administratively closed. Appellant's retaliation allegation that appellant was assigned an undesirable fleet vehicle for reporting an unsafe vehicle was also outside of EEO jurisdiction because such conduct does not constitute engaging in a protected activity under the city's EEO policy and thus was appropriately administratively closed without further investigation. Appellant's three retaliation allegations that he was once denied an overtime payment, that his supervisor drafted a letter of instruction about his conduct, and that he was removed from pump station duties were further investigated by PUC. However, there was insufficient information to show that the allegation were due to appellant's protected activities. As the basis for his appeal, appellant made the following allegations. One, that he had to wait nine years to tell his story. Two, that he had witnesses willing to testify that they were discouraged by the investigation's investigators. Three, that he wishes to be made whole. And four, that he cannot provide any additional information once his complaint was filed. We affirm that appellant's complaint was not investigated in a timely manner. And both DHR and PUC are taking constructive steps to increase the timeliness in EEO case processing. Nonetheless, the lack of timeliness in this matter does not distract from the investigative findings. Appellant further alleges that he has witnesses who are willing to testify that they were discouraged by the investigation's investigators. This is the first time appellant has provided such information. Further documentary evidence in the original investigation report showed that witness testimony corroborated appellant's harassment allegations. In addition, the investigation interviewed sympathetic witnesses to appellant. Thus, the investigative interviews were structured and executed in a way to solicit neutral and necessary information in order to make a determination in the investigation. Further, appellant requests to be made whole. However, appellant did not further specify a make whole remedy, and the civil service appeal process does not provide financial compensation for appellants. Finally, appellant alleged that he could not provide any additional information once his complaint was filed. However, documentation shows that appellant was interviewed by Christina Medina on July 30th, 2014, that appellant called PUCHR on August 20th, 2014, and spoke with Charla Welch. And on September 3rd, 2014, appellant left two messages for Welch and was subsequently interviewed by Welch on September 11th, 2014. In conclusion, the Human Resources Director appropriately determined appellant's complaint. We respectfully request that the Commission deny appellant's appeal and uphold the Human Resources Director's determination. I'm happy to answer any questions you may have. In addition, Rachel Darguno, PUC Deputy People Officer, is here to answer any questions about the department. Thank you. Um, thank you. Uh, commissioners, do you have any questions at this time or shall we turn to the appellant? Okay, uh, Commissioner Salveson. Thank you. Uh, I want to um, ask some questions about the delay. So you said that the EEO report, the first EEO report was done by the PUC and that was forwarded to DHR in April of 2018. 
It was originally forwarded to DHR in April 2016. Oh, I can go through a timeline if you'd like. Yes, I would like that. Okay, so um, it was with PUC. They did investigation. If you looked at the witness interviews that occurred during the summer of 2014 and some in the summer of 2015, then they returned that report to us, the investigative report to DHR EEO in April of 2016. So approximately two years um, PUC was investigating there. Then DHR had that document for approximately seven months. It was submitted to us. It didn't meet our standards. There were some formatting issues and it was, um, it was sent back to PUC in October of 2016. And then from October 2016 to April 2018, it was with PUC getting revised. Would you give me those dates again, please? October 2016 to April 2018. Then DHR received the report back in April 2018. And as per our process, when satellite offices submit investigative reports to us, it's reviewed um, for accuracy and to meet investigatory standards. Um, there were some concerns with the investigator who was reviewing that matter, um, and he wanted to do some follow-up investigation. He did that in the fall of 2018. Um, then that employee went on leave, and that matter was not reassigned until that employee was no longer with the city. And so in September of 2019, though the investigative report and determination letters were drafted and set to management to review. Unfortunately, in early 2020, there was a global pandemic um, and so there were some competing operational needs. Um, we had one manager deployed as a disaster service worker um, and so we had one working manager for all of our investigations um, in addition to the other the other issues that we were experiencing. Um, and then that letter went out in August of 2020. The first letter. The first letter. Correct. And then. And then um, the um, appellant appealed in September of 2020. And the revised determination letter came out in June of 2022. And you said that um, the DHR and PUC are taking steps to reduce the chance of this happening again. And I'm just thinking that's kind of too tepid of an approach. I mean, this can't happen again. It's it's dreadful and really inexcusable. So I'm wondering what are the steps that have been taken so far to make sure this doesn't happen again? Thank you for the question, Commissioner. We agree. Um, we are taking robust steps. I would say the most important thing, um, I came in to work for the city here at DHR EEO in December 2018, and it's a completely change in management from the top up. 
Um, so there's a robust spirit of, um, you know, really providing quality control and timeliness and accurate evaluation of our investigative standards. So um, in terms of cross-training our departments that we do, we are looking at that as an issue to, um, to have better investigators to provide at the satellite offices to complete their investigations in a timely manner. We've hired numerous staff. Um, we had 10 investigators in 2018, and we now currently have 19 on staff. Um, we now have three EEO managers, um, and I think most importantly, um, we meet weekly regarding our ServiceNow database system that really um, follows our work. And that process allows us to see our work in a digital way that wasn't possible before when we were following and tracking our work in it literally in an Excel spreadsheet. Um, so this new robust database has really provided a way for managers and for the director to oversee the work and to identify deadlines and turnaround time for deliverables in a much more proactive way than our prior, um, our prior system was that we had in place. And is there now, if not a deadline, a guideline for the distance between a complaint and uh, the completion of the process by the letter uh, from the DHR director? Thank you, yeah. So we've always had 180 days. Um, that's been our goal, and we're doing a lot better in terms of meeting that goal. Um, but one of the things I'm most proud of, again, DHR IT has been working tirelessly with us to create this case management system that's robust. And when I say that, I mean, it's giving me now the tools to be able to track that an investigator hasn't gotten the work back to me within my deadline. Um, and so we've recently created these deadlines and we're literally rolling that out at the end of this week. So I'm very excited about that progress. Um, so this new case management system is giving us the tools that we need to stay on top of our work and to expect um, timely responses from investigators up to our director to turn around work. And is it now, are departments still doing investigations or are they, do they all come to DHR now? They're, they're still doing investigations. Um, we've recently acquired DPH EEO, um, but PUC EEO has been doing their own investigatory work, um, and airport EEO also does their own investigatory work that is then submitted to DHR for review. Okay. Um, I'm sure we'll be continuing to be interested in this process and the timelines. Um, but thank you for that preliminary um, explanation. Um, I had another question for you, which was um, because I think this case um, calls into question the the doctrine of continuing violation, and I'm wondering how whether you recognize that in the DHR investigation process. Yeah. So in terms of the um, specific allegation. Um, the 2013 comments um, were related to the, um, that we declared that we're out of statute, um, that those comments were related to the, um, the appellant's um, lack of training, right? Um, and so it seemed as a, an interpersonal work conversation 
and that it wasn't, it wouldn't constitute a harassing comment um, per our analysis. And then the 20, I'm sorry, um, would you? Sure. The, um, the tw April 2013 comment, you haven't been supervised and I'm here to supervise you. Yeah. So appellant's own comment um, description of that was regarding his girlfriend was supervising him prior to that respondent um, becoming the acting senior. Um, and so that comment on its face doesn't relate to a protected category. Um, and so we determined that that wasn't a harassment um, allegation due to race, that there were no findings there. And then in the April 2006 comment, that, question, that comment was determined to be seven years prior. And so a one comment seven years ago would not reach the continuing violation. Okay. Um, and then you mentioned that um, the appellant didn't specify the, the make whole remedy he requested. Do you not in the investigation process pursue what remedy is being requested? So he um, identified initially in the intake interview, because we do ask um, that he wanted to be made a permanent pump station duties. Um, and so that was the only affirmative relief that he was looking for that he cited. Well, I guess nine years later when he retired, perhaps he could have been approached about whether a different remedy was what he was looking for. I agree. Yeah. Okay. Well, those are my questions preliminarily. Okay. Commissioner Salveson, uh, thank you. I, I actually wanted to follow up with the representative from the PUC, but hold on a second. Um, Commissioner Crawley uh, had his hand raised. Uh, I did, Madam Chair, but uh, Commissioner Salveson finished the questioning and I. Okay. Okay. Um, please tell me your name again. Rachel Gardunio. Gardunio. Um, I wanted the, the questions that uh, Commissioner Salveson addressed about what proactive steps have now been taken to just make certain this does not happen again, uh, including I'd like to hear if you've done some triage to make sure you don't have more cases like this in the backlog. Uh, if you can address those from the standpoint of the PUC, that would be helpful. Absolutely. So in late 2013, when this complaint was first filed until summer 2017, we did not have dedicated EEO staff. And so I would say that's the biggest change that we've made. We now have a, an EEO team where we have um, two investigators and a manager. And the investigators and the manager in partnership with DHR go through the same initial training that their investigators go through and are following more closely the timelines and procedures set by DHR. Uh, the other difference that we have made is that we are also um, bringing on, we have brought on a case management system under ServiceNow, which is allowing us to more pro proactively manage our EO cases, but also to identify emerging trends and hotspots so that we can we can get in there and make recommendations really early in the process. And so you you have a um, 
delegation agreement with EEO to internally handle PUC cases? Is that how it works, Director Howard? Thank you for the, the question, President Miner. Uh, DHR does have agreements with the PUC as well as the airport that mm -hmm. they will conduct in the internal investigations. Mm -hmm. um, uh, and once those initial investigations are complete, we'll return their reports back to DHR for review uh, and um, completion by our EEO division. Um, as Commissioner Salveson um, correctly recalled, the Gould report recommends that DHR um, uh, bring those uh, agreements to a conclusion and return e all EEO investigations to the department. Uh, we have, uh, through this year's budget, um, implemented the transition of DPH EEO uh, investigations back to DHR um, and we'll be continuing our discussions with PUC about um, how that uh, may be implemented in the future. Thank you. Thank you. Um, Commissioner Crawley. Uh, just through the chair again, Madam Chair. Um, Deputy Director is Am I understanding that in these instances that we have now standardizing reporting and and now going to DHR in a more timely manner? So these cases that are on our docket aren't years later. That is our goal. Yes, both to address to address the the backlog uh, that has developed and to meet our own timeliness standard, which is a full investigation within 180 days. Now, this is a tough question to the chair again is, I mean, can we best that 180 days or just get there first and then try to improve timeliness matters? Hmm. Our goal is to ensure that uh, employees who are bringing a complaint have that complaint, have an intake conducted timely that there is um, uh, a rapid response, essentially. Um, and so we're tackling this from both ends, um, from the front end so that employees who are bringing a complaint can have an expectation that they will get to talk to someone, explain their side of the story, and then we can intervene more rapidly if needed and make a determination about whether a full investigation is warranted. Um, and also to bring investigations to conclusion more rapidly. Uh, we are, um, and Amalia our, Martinez, our uh, director of EEO and leave management can correct me if I'm misremembering this. I believe that since director Martinez became the EEO director, we are meeting our 180 day standard for all cases that have come in the door since she became the director. We still do have some cases that are older than that, that are coming to conclusion. I believe they are, I think it's under 20 that are older than two years. So we have made some very good progress, but there is there are still cases that are not yet complete. Um, we are happy to provide the commission a more complete report on some of the reforms we've been 
undertaking to improve timeliness, uh, reporting, um, and uh, a number of other issues, if that's helpful. Clearly, this case raises uh, all of those questions. Mm -hmm. uh, Commissioner Crawley. I, I thank you, Deputy Director. I, I would actually request that and have that in place. And I know that I'm looking at a, a bevy of people that weren't on board nine years ago, I suspect, uh, to clear any of these cases. So I'm, I'm happy with the progress made so far, but I'm unhappy that the fact that there's people still out there waiting their day in court. Yeah. Uh, Commissioner Crawley, uh, thank you for that request. Um, I was going to wait until announcements to do it. Um, Commissioner Favetti and I were um, asked to appear at the Rules Committee meeting last week. Um, our appointments on this commission expired, and as a condition of being reappointed, we had to appear before the Rules Committee. And uh, Supervisor Walton, his first question to me was, how's it going uh, post uh, Gould report? And um, I think I was able to satisfy him based upon the last report that was provided to this commission. Uh, reading this file really gave me pause uh, about how many more cases like this are in the backlog. And so I certainly would appreciate um, an update to this commission as soon as possible. Um, and I, I know that uh, Director Martinez has worked very diligently since she has been here uh, in implementing the recommendations in the Gould Report. But I do think we need to, you know, stay focused and continue to have updates to the commission. So thank you. Um, any further questions? Okay, we want to move to uh, the appellant. Yes, I'm here. Okay, uh, appellant Banks, um, you've heard the discussion that we've had so far with uh, the city's EEO department and a representative from the PUC who is here. Um, at this point, um, this is your opportunity to uh, tell us as clearly as you possibly can uh, the, the current issues that you would like us to hear. And um, all of us, as you probably have already noted, have in fact reviewed your file. Thank you for the intro. My only problem, first, firstly, it's good to hear after 35, 36 years that the EO department is going to revamp itself and make it easier to come forward, especially if an appellant, I'm an appellant in this case, comes forward against a manager. And we all know some of our managers weren't so great in my era, most recently. I will not express that. But to to have a complaint that your supervisor, in my case, my chief, pulled me into an office and told me to run, run from someone that he had been protecting me from, like I'm a child, or worse yet, I'm not in a working environment. So that was shocking, and that prompted my calling. When I intro myself on that day in December, I was distinctive in why I was calling and to whom had the call, who asked me to call. And that 
I was I was so appalled that I I needed help immediately. I knew it was the holiday season, and I asked for someone to take my intake for me, or at least help me. You know, nine months of no taking, at least help me submit something. My concern was always on statute of limitation because. It was in April, but I tried so desperately not to use the EO for the embarrassment and the shame that I have to do to even file anything. I knew my name would be dirt. I knew I would have problems, especially with someone that is no longer there uh, if I filed anything. But my problem, my, my, my problem was the timeliness. If, in fact, I was untimely of 180 days, that seems to be the EO's tangible date. As it also reads, it has a comma, when I should have known. I should have known when on that December date that I called when my manager that I have known, and I trained him when he first came, when he called me into the office and told me to run. I don't care what anybody says. Being told to run, and, and, and in terms of uh, the trainer, I was the trainer's trainer. I trained everybody there. I trained managers. I trained, and I came up from reading all the owner's manuals and, and, and maintenance manuals and such with a program where I trained everybody. I also was on display in a good way. Every wet weather uh, event, every wet weather seminar, they called me up. They being management, upper management, management for me to speak. When I called, I called in fear that day. I'm a man, okay, sure. But I called for help and I didn't get it. And trying to make me, um, trying to make me train somebody and I'm sick, you know, that was a bit much, but I do appreciate the opportunity to present my case and that I'm sorry, but, you know, even 10 years later to be told to run and nobody took me seriously and that I was being threatened. Excuse me for a second, Commissioner. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to do this, but there, there was just no organization. And when I did call, I was treated so badly. I was treated as if the, the, the agency that is supposed to protect me and be neutral was now beating me up for calling and complaining. I tried to be as thorough as I could, knowing I was going against a manager. I knew I would be scrutinized. I didn't know that, that some things would happen where he would be able, he being my superintendent, would be able to uh, to uh, uh, retaliate against me. So from April uh, uh, 2013 to December 2013, my supervisor tried to mitigate the circumstances. But after he told me to run, and even in his statement, he said that he was trying to protect me from someone. Now that should send alerts. And then one more thing about the interview process, it was a gentleman in there. I know I don't know if I can say his name, but his name is starts with a W. He's a long line uh, person there too. He told the interviewers that they were going to what uh, work him over, ask him questions when he went inside that room. 
he was being timed by them. And in his statement, I'm just paraphrasing slightly, uh, he said that they're going to drill me. And then immediately, who knocks on the door? Somebody that is of his fear uh, came in to interrupt the interview. He was scared. He In that interview, I, I'm, I'm almost appalled and I feel sorry for him for trying to testify for me. Now I know how they were working on him after he had the, working on the W person after he interviewed. Had I known all this information, all this exhibits, all these things I tried to answer line per line, had I had this information six months after I filed, I would have, and I'm not going to act like I don't know, I would have filed with the EOC and went on my way. I was trying to just use the administrative part of this like I'm supposed to, and then if you did not do what I thought should happen, uh, I would have moved on. But in this case, the superintendent and my chief agreed to remove him. If we do not look into Mr., uh, I don't know if I can say his name, but the person that has, uh, one of the people that hurt me in this, as, as his state of mind, I could have been a senior any time I wanted to. I could have been a manager any time I wanted to. But you know what prevented me from being that? When I was a supervisor, I was assaulted at that job. I went to the EO and six people witnessed it and they told me it didn't happen. So I would not have put myself in a position knowing how EO is. And first of all, nobody's scared of EO except black people or African-Americans. They laugh at this. They laughed when I filed. They told me nothing would happen. So I'm not mad and every time as an African-American male or even female, you bring up something like this, it has to be of anger. I've told many people I have a deeper voice than others. I'm not angry. I might be frustrated, but I, I am a person. I have struggled through this. I tried to ask for help. Uh, and then what happened also, that this transcended into another group of chiefs and superintendents, or actually chief and senior. The chief, in this case, wanted EEO to come in so that he could tell what was going on. He kept notes. So this went on forever. And so I appreciate the opportunity, and I'm not trying to play the violin. I took the hits. I took the hits. And other people that were there were hugging me and asking me, Greg, when are they going to stop? This man put me in a – he moved me from my nice plush office, even though I, I got hurt and I needed ergonomic stuff, and he placed me into a storage uh, uh, office or cabinet that was for assets. He put me there and called it the dungeon, and some people put a sign to put it there. And it had acid in it, and he knew it was there. And 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 the propane part, I would I would have loved to have sent uh, uh, an example from Google. The explosion. It, it 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 is a vessel. I kept telling them I cannot feel this over and over again at 3,500 psi. He told me I was so stupid, you should be able to see a gas. You cannot see a gas. Even if it's specific uh, gravity, I mean, it's uh, vapor density in this case, is up. Even the pressure relief valve was, was inoperable. 
he put me out there in a bomb. I'm not upset. I don't. I'm not. I'm not mad. I have a beautiful retirement. I have a beautiful life. But this bothers me that I did come forward. That I did write all these things. I could have written that day another seventy pages of what happened. I didn't write everything. I wrote what I could prove, and that is another problem. I have to wait till I find a witness. Well, look, I have sued the city before, and I did not even mention that. Other people mentioned this in these plea, or not please, in in their statements. Uh, and, and there was no movement on my face, but 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 what happened with that is that people were afraid to come forward. The the EO department holds such. Uh, th th for example, when you are to interview someone, you do not parade them down a high a, a, a corridor in the library. That's very intimidating. And the onset of my complaint, I asked for them to take them away from there so that they would feel comfortable and sane. My whole entire crew was with me in terms of uh, filing a complaint against Kenny from what they witnessed, I mean, uh, against the respondent. I have done nothing but try to participate. I don't want to take up much of your time anymore. I don't want to sound redundant. I have tried. The process failed, and it brags of it. Whenever those uh, testing meetings are there, people laugh at EO. They laugh when they sign those forms. Yeah, sensitive people. I have heard many things through my whole career that I have ignored. And unfortunately, uh, as a black male, I've had to condition myself. My knowledge is always questioned, but I've read almost every book in their library. And I can attest to that because managers before these guys appreciated the fact that I was going through all those things and could uh, attain the information and share it with other people. I do, I do know that Bill Wong's interview should be looked at because it is typical of the intimidation that one will feel inside the room. When that other person knocked on the door, someone should have said something or inverse that. When I asked one of the interviewers, oh, wait a minute, one more thing. July 21st, there's an interview day. I apologize to the commission or anybody that, or, or the woman that states that she interviewed me. I looked through the packet of all the attachments and I did not find her answer question seminar with me. I want to state, and, and I apologize in advance, I never remember ever seeing her. I have never ever remember sitting down, having a conversation with that interview person ever. The second person that came, I remember having a running interview down the corridor. Are you going to interview me? I didn't come from you. Well, who are you here to interview? I do remember that distinctively. And then at that time, unfortunately, I was slated to be fired. And how that happened, uh, I was involved in an accident that should never happen. One day I would love to come back and explain how it happened again, and it can happen again and again. Well, I did participate. I was up to my neck in it. And when I reported it, I reported to, to Jerry that I was up in my neck into this. So I had no problem. Uh, uh, I had no problem with the superintendent if he told the truth. He told a lie. He said that I had done it. 
Well, only thing that I was trying to do was report it within the five days, and we have to report it within the five days. And the people who actually had done this were on a seven-day vacation as part of their rotation. I was just trying to stand there. So that carried a lot of weight and stress upon me as well. And I was a participant, and I was punished, and it took two years for that to happen. For two years, it was all blamed on me because supposedly I lied that morning. And to this day, I have nightmares about my own accident, and it should never have happened, and it affected me that badly. So I, all I have done was use the process that I thought what I wish would have happened is that they would have said, like always, ah, you, you don't have witnesses. I used to carry recorders so that I would not be harassed. The city attorney told me and found out about it not to do it anymore. Why did I do that? The, the uh, airport had a, a, a hangman noose uh, hung there a while back. Well, it was also done at North Point. I just come back after suing. So they blamed they being management pulled me in a room out of the out of the blue. It was police there and everyone accusing me of hanging said hangman's noose. So I've always been accused. I've always been the liar, and I have mm -hmm. never mentioned that I sued the city. Other people have kept that in front of me, including managers. I have taken ten years of my life, and I'm not going to say that every day I pondered this. I love music and I love playing instruments. I play five of them. I would not let that happen. But sometimes, even when I picked this up, I had nightmares to answer these questions. I couldn't even finish, even though I wanted to. I have waited, I have waited, and then even after the appeal, it, I, well, what happened? Did you post that something happened, that something happened to me on the uh, designated posting boards? If I would have had a chance to know that before the accident and before, uh, uh, if I would have gotten the paper that, that declared this case over or whatever, I would have taken that to the EEO, I would have outside, and I would have tried to get uh, a, a right to sue letter. All that stuff was denied. Um, so it's okay. 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 Helen Banks, let me, yeah. uh, if if I may interrupt you just for a minute, uh, just to kind of clarify a, a a couple of things for me. Sure. Um, okay. So you're describing activities that happened over the course of many years um, uh, at your workplace, interaction both with colleagues and supervisors. Mm -hmm. Um, was there ever any union involvement? Are, are you are you part of Local 39? Yes, that's the amazing part. A part of the MOU once read that they were part of discrimination and such. One time I was at a meeting, at a ratification meeting, and found out it had to be put back in. It was once in, oh, you filed something with the union. Oh, my goodness. And I love my union, uh, but when it comes to black and white issues, I'm out of it. I'm not afraid to say it isn't the best place. You know, it, that that isn't the best place. It okay. really, really isn't. And and, and so and plus they didn't have anything on on the MOU that would handle this at that time. Okay, and uh, doing um, doing the discipline and the threatened discipline and the eventual Skelly hearing, were you represented by 
Local 39? I was represented by Local 39 at the hearing, yes, in that process. Okay. And were you satisfied with the representation by Local 39? Not at all. I've never been suspended. My parents have never punished me. I got suspended for three weeks. So I just painted my house as 50 feet in the air. So I punished myself. No, okay. I wanted to fight on, but my health wouldn't allow me. And uh, I cleared my name. So I just fell on the sword and, and, and took three weeks off. Okay. Okay. Um, but the union has never, um, you've never engaged with the union on your EEO issues. I, I spoke on it. I said, when this was going on and, 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 uh, the other party was able to speak, all he said, if you have a case and they allowed him to speak, well, that's grounds for you and appeal. If you decide he shouldn't be speaking like this, if. He is, in fact, having a pending EEO case. That's up to you. And so I just took the three weeks, and like I said, I just painted my house, and that's it by myself. So that's punishment enough. Yeah. Okay. Now mm -hmm. you've been retired um, a year. And yes, I have. During this time, I'm sure you've had a chance to reflect not only on the issues uh, that are appearing before us today, but your career with the city and county of San Francisco. As you, as you reflect on your experiences, when you appear, as you appear before us today, are you, is there a particular thing that you want to ask the commission to do to support Tell me what you want today. I wish I had the legal knowledge to tell what myself needs at this time. Someone would have to be a legal capability to give me a list of what I should want. Am I asking as a nuisance? Have my, has my case been declared a nuisance? Or am I an appellant that has been injured by the actions of this, at least the five to 10 years that I have waited, uh, the whole thing really? It, it never stopped. I wish it would have stopped. That's all. And to make a clarity, there's no such thing as a pump station. I know the collection system. I can take the whole commission on a tour anytime you choose. I knew it that well because I loved it. And plus, I worked, I walked the beaches as a beach lover. So that's why I got the job. I walked miles, miles a day. And every tunnel, every Every part of that collection system, I can tell you about. I've, I've led tours through. Most recently, I was in a magazine. I didn't deserve to be called incompetent or stupid. When you know you know your stuff, somebody calling you stupid and incompetent, man, my parents taught me to put that in the dirt. I, I, it, it affected me because it kept being said over and over and over again. So to answer that question, I would need a professional that would tell me what I should need. I don't even know what I need. That's how bad this is. So if there's a list to choose from, I will try my best to choose. Uh, if, I'm a, if I'm a nuisance, then I choose something else. Have I proven that this happened to me? I choose something else. I have no legal knowledge to tell, honestly, commissioners what I need. I needed for that to stop. I needed not to carry this this whole year. 
And every time I trained thereafter, I always thought maybe, maybe I am stupid. You know, hey, it can get to you every day like that. It can. And especially when you're sitting at your desk and people are calling you stupid and you're the one uh, leading the classes and everything. It got to be much. So to answer that honestly, and I hope I haven't said the wrong things in this commission, I'm speaking from Craig, I mean, from myself, uh, as a, uh, I'm speaking from myself. And if I had the education, I would not have let this happen to me. That's another thing. Okay. It, it has empowered me to do a paralegal class or something. You can never let this happen to you. Okay. So I hope I answered the commissions, uh, commissioners. I'm so sorry for taking up so much time. And I appreciate everyone for listening. This is real. This is what happens when you don't do it. Yeah. Uh, Appellant Banks, we, you, we appreciate you. Um, and um, after the period of time that you waited, um, this commission is happy to give you an opportunity to, uh, to speak your mind. Um, I'm wondering if EEO or the department can just, again, clarify for the commission what uh, corrective action was taken. Thank you for the question, President Miner. Um, the department letter to PUC requested that management at the Oceanside um, treatment plant have um, the EEO and respect policies issued to them, and they signed a reminder of those policies that they were reminded of their supervisory duty to immediately report discrimination complaints mm -hmm. since I think that's particularly appropriate um, apropos appellant's last comments. Um, they were also reminded um, to prohibit retaliation and that um, they were, their EEO policies, the respect policy, and they were, um, their training was um, verified that they had taken the harassment prevention training. They were up to date on that. Okay, so, but by the time that happened, the, um at least two, maybe all of them had retired. Is that correct? Yes. The specific people. The respondents, correct. They had retired. Okay. And um, do we know if those retirees are back working on a part-time basis under Prop F? I, that showed the people in pay, they are not. Um, their last entry in people in pay says that they retired. Okay. Is that correct, PC? I believe so. Okay. Thank you. Okay, uh, commissioners, any additional questions? Commissioner Salveson. Thank you. Um, <clears throat> Appellant Banks, um, thank you very much for, thank you very much for, um, you know, st sticking with this and um, seeing it through. Uh, it's very uh, too long of a process. Um, we apologize to you for that. Apology accepted. I, words mean a lot, just like bad words do. I wanted to follow up on a, a question that um, the chair asked you, and that is that um, what remedy you're seeking. And I noticed I had a question about one of the um, things that happened to you, which was this issue of 
the overtime. I think it was two and a half hours of overtime, and there was a big kerfuffle about that. Did you yes. ever? Did you ever get paid for that overtime? I'm unsure, but in the evidence, it showed I have got paid for it an hour and a half. But going back retrospectively and looking at my own uh, documents, I was actually on a work order and I hadn't gone on the uh, pump station, quote, run. I was actually slated to work on that that Friday, and I actually called all weekend to babysit that. And then that Monday, I didn't go out again because I had another work order, Priority 9, to work on the pressure screen absorption switch, I mean, uh, uh, station cycle. There's more to it than just that. That's a big skid. So when I first wrote this in the beginning, I didn't, I didn't take it all out. I, I caught it twice in my statement. They punished, they being managed, I'm sorry for the pronoun problem here. I'm trying to not mention names. Uh, uh, punished me, and I was on a actual work order for the pressure stream absorption, two of them. I didn't know that. And, and so if I did say to the other person not to pay me, I hope I did. After working both jobs, I hope I had enough self-esteem if it was that much trouble to give me 30 minutes or an hour and I forfeited my short, and everyone sees me on the camera uh, I probably did say he could keep it. I probably did. I probably, I hope I did. Okay. And um, with respect to the issue of remedy, you know, uh, one remedy that people seek in connection with this kind of claim is, is monetary award. Have you thought about what you would think would be an appropriate award for say the period of from uh, April of 2013 to March of 2014 for yeah. what you experienced? I don't want to appear to be greedy, uh, but if I'm a nuisance, I do know some things about that. I'm not going to act like I don't, but I don't know. I, I, I don't want to say how much I might worth because all this, that even makes it worse, you know, and at the same time, I don't want to appear to be greedy. Like, um, you know, spike the football, I've got the city. That was never my mentality. I just wanted to be treated well. And I put a lot of energy in some of my training. I wish I could have brought people to show you. Uh, I, I did a lot and never got paid. And the only reason why I did that is because I saw people in need and I could help them. And that's why I've done that. So I don't know. I wish I wish I had a stock answer for this, but I've never thought of it. I never thought that this would end, or I would, you know, with no movement allowed on the case, and I was feeling like, you know, I've done something wrong. I I never saw a victory, and today, even at, at, at a taste of it, I don't know what to tell you without without feeling or or not feeling without. Mm -hmm making others feel like I'm trying to be greedy and this is all I wanted in the first place. That's the mentality of people there when you ask them to, you know, uh, witness for you. I never wanted money. I wanted respect. So how much is respect now in terms of money, a currency? I don't know. And I wish I had the education to tell you that, commissioners, but I don't. Okay, uh, well, I appreciate your comments and um, mm -hmm. I thank you for that. Um, mm -hmm. I'm, 
I'm ready to make a motion after okay. people have their other questions answered. Okay, thank you, Commissioner Salveson. Uh, any additional questions? Okay. Um, before we move for a motion, um, any closing comments, EEO? Thank you. Um, I really appreciate hearing Appellant Banks's contributions to the city. And again, we deeply apologize for the delay um, in his investigation. And I know he spoke about um, how heavy that this this conduct occurred, and it made him feel. And I really, um, I really find that that's unfortunate. And I, I apologize again on behalf of DHREEO that we didn't intervene in this issue earlier. Um, and that I'm grateful for the commission's um, feedback today. Uh, thank you. Uh, Appellate Banks, were you able to hear Manager Burke? I accept the apology, and more importantly, that no one else suffers this way. Whether they are right or wrong, at least it will be heard and um, something can happen. It doesn't always have to be monetary. Just sometimes you just needed the help. Or, or at least people not fearing the EEO, but at least respect it. That's all. Okay. As much as I did. Uh, Appellate Banks, uh, thank you and thank you for being here. Uh, we're going to move to Commissioner Salveson, who is going to make a motion. Okay. First of all, I want to say that I've read the material and I think Appellant Banks said he. he tried to be thorough in his presentations, and he was extremely thorough uh, and actually is very helpful. And, and also, um, Manager Burke indicated how many of the witnesses that were interviewed um, substantiated uh, the, the claims made by Appellant Bur uh, Burke at Banks. <laughs> uh, so I think there's a lot of material in the file and what we've heard today um to to make this motion um i would grant the appeal i would find that um the appellant or i move i move we grant the appeal and we find that um there was harassment uh based on verbal comments uh by supervisor g from april 2013 to march 2014 the time that G uh, departed as a supervisor. Um, also that the significant change in uh, appellant's pump station duties was both harassing and retaliatory based on the appellant's stated intent to both G and Yi that he was going to file EEO claims. Uh, also to the extent he was denied payment for overtime, it, and I think that needs to be um, verified, uh, that was both harassing and retaliatory. I think the failure to return the no normal uh, vehicle to him uh, after it was returned from its service, I believe having to do with the fire duties, was harassing. And then at the point that it wasn't returned once they knew he filed, he was going to file an EEO claim, which I think was in the December 2013 range, it became retaliatory, the failure to return it. Um, and I further move that we direct DHR to determine a, an appropriate remedy um, within uh, 60 days and to, during that time, if they're able to 
reach an agreeable settlement with um, appellant banks, fine. But if not, um, they need to submit the um, to him the letter of what remedy they're recommending and the reasons for it. And he would have a right to appeal that it to back to us if he's not satisfied with the remedy. Um, Commissioner Salveson, do you have notes? Okay. Um, I will second okay. that motion. Okay. As stated on the record. Okay. Um, do we need to ask Commissioner Salveson to review that one more time? Yes. Here are the bullet points on the motion. Okay. The appeal is granted. The commission uh, determines that there is harassment based on verbal comments by Supervisor G from the period of April 2013 to March 2014. Um, and the April 2013 comments come in under continuing violation um, doctrine, which I think does apply given the um, racial animus uh, demonstrated by Supervisor G. Uh, further, we find that the change in appellant's pump station duties was both harassing and retaliatory um, based on the fact that appellant did tell both uh, G and Yi that he intended to file EEO claims in December of 2013. Um, the denial of, of the overtime pay was harassing and retaliatory. And the failure to return his vehicle to him after he came back from fire service was harassing. And the continued failure to return it to him after December of 2013, once they knew of his intent to file an EEO claim was retaliatory. And uh, finally, we direct DHR to determine an appropriate remedy within 60 days. If they're able to reach some settlement with the appellant about the remedy, that's fine. But if not, within 60 days, they need to uh, submit their recommended remedy to appellant banks with the reasons for it. And he would have the right to appeal that to us if he's not satisfied. Okay. Uh, Commissioner Salveson, thank you very much. And uh, Commissioner uh, Crawley second the motion. Uh, we have uh, a motion pending to uh, grant Mr. Banks appeal. If you have public comment on the motion, if you're in the room, you may come to the podium. If you're on the telephone, press star three now. President Minor, no public comment at this time. Okay. Um, Commissioners, the roll call vote on the pending motion to grant the appeal. Commissioner Crawley? Aye. Commissioner Salveson? Aye. And I vote aye. We have granted the appeal subject to the terms and conditions set forth by Commissioner Salveson in her motion. Uh, Appellate Banks? Yes. 
Uh, we have granted your appeal with a lot of terms and conditions. Um, I will ask our staff to reach out to you once they have uh, transcribed the motion so that you can have a copy uh, in your hands for your subsequent, your future communications with uh, DHREEO. Okay? Thank you, Commissioners. Thanks, thanks all, and even to the EO. I appreciate it. And just help others. That, that's all my closing comment. Just help others. Okay. Thank mm -hmm. you so much, uh, Appellant Banks, uh, EEO, PUC. Thank you for being here. Uh, and thank you actually for your work. Uh, we appreciate your owning that things went away in this case and commitment that uh, it will not happen again, which I think is equally important. So thank you. Thank you all. I appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you, sir. Bye-bye. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. okay. uh, we are ready for the next agenda item, if I can find Item 10, Commissioner's Announcements or Requests. Okay. Um, Director Howard, can we put um, at least um, a tentative date by which we will get the EEO update? Oh, I see Director Martinez has left. <laughs> you wanna take that under advisement and let us know? Okay, all right. And um, commissioners, uh, any uh, follow-up uh, announcements or comments? Commissioner Crawley. I have a couple of items, Madam Chair, through the chair, other than what we discussed earlier about the report that DHR will provide us in the future. Um, I'm not sure uh, some of you have, have observed or, or sought, and I don't know if this is under our purview or not, but it is the, uh, the grants that are given for services. I raised issue about this two meetings ago, but recently it's come to light that people are being paid debit cards for services rendered for cleaning streets in San Francisco. And I find this to be an appalling, you know, work around our rules and regulations of the city and county of San Francisco. And I would ask that we look into this serious violation. And I put that in the hands of our uh, executive director, Madam Chair. Uh, Commissioner Crawley, thank you. And uh, additional comments? Commissioner in, in addition to that, too, uh, I've asked our executive director some few meetings ago, and I know there hasn't been a response, but also uh, there seems to be some outliers when it comes to electrical uh, inspection in the city and county, namely the PUC and the uh, Port of San Francisco evading the rules of the um, electrical inspection department by using their own personnel package. And I would ask that uh, through the inspection services, we, we seek a remedy through that. Okay, Commissioner Crawley, any additional requests? Uh, that is it, Madam Chair, <laughs> for, the, for these items. <laughs> Isn't that enough? 
If you want more, pile it on. <laughs> Send July presents. Oh, um, I, I do have an announcement though. Um, and it, it is, it's with respect to a colleague. I hope we can do this. Um, and adjourn this meeting in the memory of Larry Martin. Uh, he was a great friend of mine. His dad served with my father at the San Francisco Labor Council. His dad was with the retail clerks, uh, was one of the first African-Americans on the board of the San Francisco Labor Council. Uh, Larry's been a dear friend for, I would say, 30 to 40 years in my knowledge. He's been with the uh, district attorney's office as an investigator in the last 13 years spent with IFPTE. And I would defer to uh, our director to add more to this. Uh, he was a very diligent union person with IFPTE 21. And uh, I used to get, um, he used for, he also worked for the Office of Labor Standards and I'd run into him outside. Well, he had a terrible habit of smoking, mm. um, but we did have good chats mm. just the same. So uh, if the executive director would like to add to that, that's uh, her pleasure, but thank you for allowing me that opportunity. Thank you, Commissioner Crawley. Would you like to add anything? Um, I believe I have our deputy director, Lavina, who may be able to also share some comments. Thank you. Deputy director Holmes. Larry Griffin, is that right? Yes. So Larry Griffin, um, was a contract compliance officer with the city for 14 years when he retired in 2021. So he's just recently retired so we're sad to hear of his passing i met larry when i co-led the local 21 ifpte um negotiations probably three cycles ago but he was a, a committee lead for the contracts um during those negotiations he was a huge advocate for public servants not just in his own committee but uh, citywide, and he was just a really aff affable, funny man. We had a um, great time during those long hours of negotiations, but uh, he made it very um, impressive um, impact during those times. Thank you. Uh, thank you. Thank you. We will adjourn this meeting in honor of Larry Griffin. Um, and appreciate his service. So the last agenda item. Item 11, adjournment, it is 3.49 p.m. Thank you.